0: It's daily thunder booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado to learn more visit ellerslie.com. God has such a great sense of humor. I think of Paul the Apostle who you know we we all look at you know as the church it's sort of hard not to we look at him as our hero, uh, the, mm-hmm. the the ultimate picture of manly strength, of gospel power. And yet even the name Paul means sort of short, uh, diminutive man. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the nickname Shorty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what we want to talk about. Uh, I have Dan uh, McConaughey in the studio with me today. And this is, you know, he, he was handpicked for this topic because you spent a lot of time studying the life of Paul, and that's why nicknamed Shorty uh, is the name of this particular episode. It's based on the Sunday sermon, which I gave, which was called The Brilliance of Weakness, and which the name sort of says it in and of itself, as most of us don't think of weakness as a brilliant thing, but it is. It's a maneuver of the Holy Spirit to showcase the strength of God. And he wields our weakness, if we will agree with it. He utilizes our weakness to sponsor the revelation of his great strength. Mm -hmm. And so I want to encourage all of you that have not seen the Sunday Sermon or have not listened to it, to go to ellerslie.com and uh, and find it. It's called The Brilliance of Weakness, and it's a great foundation. It goes so much more in depth than what we're going to go through in our Daily Thunder episodes this week, but we wanted to touch on a few points, and today, just Paul the Apostle, as sort of an evidence of this exact point, that God chooses weak things through which to reveal his strength. So, Dan, if you could give us a little background on Paul and maybe highlight how God has demonstrated this in and through his life and ministry, I I would love that. A lot of the evidence
1: of this kind of thing in Paul's life is more circumstantial than direct. And we can see it in areas, for example, um, the fact that from the time that he was saved— to the time that he had his first fruitful ministry ministry was about 13 to 15 years. And he jumped right into it at the beginning. He immediately went out and it said he started debating people, confusing people, and causing riots. <laughs> and, and finally, if, if we go a little bit further along, after he, he went to Arabia for a little while and then came back to Jerusalem and met with the brothers in Jerusalem, it says that he began confounding and confusing and abusing the Hellenists, the Greek who had converted to Judaism. And it says that they decided they were going to kill him. And when the brothers heard this, it says that they sent him back home to Tarsus. And so the church finally had peace and prospered. <laughs> and so, so... Paul has kind of a reputation of -hmm. of some things, but I think the second missionary journey was really significant when I tried to understand it and realized that it started out with him just losing Barnabas, Mm -hmm. who on the first missionary journey was kind of the leader. Mm -hmm. And then they got in an argument. Uh, Barnabas left, took Mark and went to Cyprus, and Paul picked Silas and And they decided that they were gonna go and visit the churches and see how things were going. And they get to Asia and it says that the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit forbade them from going into Asia. And you think, oh, man, that's what Paul wanted to do. He wanted to go into Asia. He wanted to go plant churches and the Holy Spirit forbade him. And if we understand that Paul normally traveled with like seven or eight Mm -hmm. guys, they probably wondered, well, did Paul miss the Lord? Maybe they even asked him mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And then they go a little bit further along and tried to go into uh, Bithynia, I think it was, mm-hmm. and it says that the Spirit of Jesus Christ forbade them from going in. <laughs> and so by this time, I'm sure a uh, certain number of these guys with them thinking, man, he got in an argument, <laughs> we didn't yeah. get any supernatural direction to come on mm-hmm. this trip. And he missed it going into Asia. Now he's missed it going into, into Bithynia. So if we stop right
0: there and we push a pause button, and that's all we know of Paul, our imp- impression of Paul might not be as strong right. uh, throughout yeah. history. And what you're saying is it, this idea of weakness is a part of Paul's entire life. Uh, we see Paul's strength. We see what is ultimately evidence. We see the New Testament. That is going to flow out of this man. And we we almost just picture him living a life that is wholly opposite of ours. Like he just had it all together. It all worked for him. And yet what you're saying is he's starting with the same sort of rough-hewn problems that many of us have had in our first steps as well. And we're learning to follow the Spirit. We're learning to Mm -hmm. trust God. We're learning how faith works. And if you just push a pause right here, you could understand that the devil's probably on his back Yelling in his ear, you're a failure. Look at what you've accomplished. I mean, Barnabas had some good points, Paul. I mean, yeah, look at you. You're headstrong. Yeah, he was called
1: the son of encouragement.
0: (laughs) Barnabas was. How how could you argue with Barnabas? (laughs) Everyone loves Barnabas. And yet, if you pause right there, which is what happens in many of our lives, We're we're in a right there moment. And the enemy sort of passes the tape and says, look at you. You might as well just give up. You're nothing. And that's part of what God seems to do in each of our lives is brings us to that end place. Mm -hmm. I always say backed up to the Red Sea moments where if you look at what we've accomplished, it's not impressive. And you have to freshly make a choice in those moments. Are you going to dig down deeper into your pockets or are you going to take that weakness and invest it in the heavenly uh, side of things, or are you going to quit? Yeah, and just give up. That's right, and a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Uh, and, and
1: currently, one of the main things that people do—they
0: call yeah. it deconverting. Yeah, and we've had a wave of that in modern Christianity. Well, why don't you take it from here in Paul's story and give us sort of the picture of how God leverages that weakness and turns it into strength?
1: Well, after the Bithynia Mysia incident where the Spirit of Jesus Christ forbade them from preaching the gospel at an unreached place, which a missionary heart loves to do. I can just feature people saying, Paul, you've missed it. Him thinking, now what? So they go to Troas, he has his vision of the man from Macedonia coming over. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's thinking, man, I wonder if I should share this vision. I wonder if I should even <laughs> talk about this. What are these guys going to do? They're going to say, yeah. Paul, you missed it there. You missed yeah. it there. How can we trust you, Paul? Yeah. You're a failure.
0: Yeah. But he did it. Yeah.
1: He, he shared it. And that's where Luke goes from saying, they did that, and he did this, and they did that, to saying, and we concluded that's where Luke actually joined them. Huh. They went into Macedonia, they went to Philippi, and they planted the first church in Europe. Wow. What would have been the outcome if Paul had just said, forget this, Yeah, I don't need this? Yeah. Or if he'd tried it on his own? Yeah. you know, We don't know what would have happened if he'd gone into Asia. Would he have been killed?
0: Yeah.
1: Would he have got deconverted? Who knows what would have happened? <laughs>
0: I'm glad they didn't have that word back. Then.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> but just the fact that they went in and planted the first church in Europe,
0: yeah. which
1: we sprung from.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting point. We sprung from that. Praise God for that. Amen. Vision. <laughs> uh, so, you know, one of the things I talked about on Sunday is something that's been stirring around inside of me. I, I've been around some very, very impressive men. Men of God uh, over the past couple of weeks, and when you're around men that have done things, they have accomplished things. It's very easy to look at what you haven't done, and the enemy sort of loves to come in and remind you of what you haven't done, and you know, and then he has a tendency to show you and amplify what others have done. And many of us have felt, maybe even what Paul have has even felt during his journeys of. We have a tendency to see failure in our life more than we do success, even if you have success. you know Successful people don't always see their success. If you're anything like me, people could look at me and they're like, oh, look what Eric's doing. And I have a tendency to see what I'm not doing, not what I am doing. And uh, we're vulnerable to that voice of what I could call diminishment, that voice of shut up, (laughs) that voice of you're nothing, that voice of you might as well give up, nothing's gonna come of this. And that voice of, are you, truly sh- are you sure that you do know the voice of God and are following him right now? Are you sure this isn't just your work? Because none of us want to have our work. We want it to be God's work. And uh, in those moments, if I could describe it, it's almost like this weight is placed on our soul. But if you could look at that weight, that weight of weakness, that weight of... Um, Uh, diminishment, that weight of uh, failure, whatever it would be, because it comes in different packages, how we handle that as Christians is of the utmost importance, because we need to recognize the biblical mindset, the way that God has designed his kingdom, is that that's actually a good moment for us. When we feel small, when we feel weak, that's not a bad thing, because... Our strength was never the source of changing the world. Right, But God loves to kindle upon our weakness. But oftentimes in our weakness, with that weight that comes in, it's I would look at it as a bag of gold coins. And we look at it as a terrible thing. But it, God says, hey, that's worth something right there. That weakness has value. And if you trade it into my kingdom, come, do, do a transaction with me. I'll give you strength. I'll give you grace. I'll give you power in exchange for that weakness. Mm-hmm. God loves weakness. He doesn't seem to shy away from it. He even came to this earth weak as a baby. When he went to the cross, he was weak. And yet he is transacting with the kingdom of heaven in those moments to bring forth the greatest pictures of strength. So Paul, and we'll sort of set us up for a landing on this one, uh, Dan, but Paul is short. He is Likely bald, according to Christian history, with a big Jewish nose. In other words, uh, there was nothing about him that was impressive. In fact, I think that's even one of the terms he used as he was unimpressive. Yeah. He, was, he had his back flayed open five times, right, with 39 stripes. He was stoned, which means his head possibly was even crushed and deformed. This guy isn't your leading man material, and yet he's the leading man in Scripture outside of Christ. He's going to mm-hmm. be the key guy to show here's what Christ can do in a man. Could you speak to all of us out there that might feel a little short today, might feel a little (laughs) bald today, might feel like our nose is a little (laughs) too big today, (laughs) might feel like, you know, we're not that impressive in in our physical stature or in our success stature, our our investment portfolio stature, whatever it is that the world uh, applies and presses on in our life. Could you speak to us just with some good old-fashioned biblical truth so that we can see straight again? Well, I actually think that when we feel that way,
1: it's true. (laughs) We are unimpressive. We don't have strength. And it's God's blessing to reveal that to us for two reasons, so that our trust and our faith can be in Him and we can repent. Amen. We can repent. And I think of Paul making a statement. He says, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed to him until that day. Yeah. There's no dependence on ourselves at all.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And th- the way that I look at almost everything anymore is our response. Normally, we react mm-hmm. with... Feelings of self self diminishment and self condemnation and guilt and everything, but our response is always supposed to be the same, and our response response is always supposed to be gratitude Mm -hmm. and joy. So when I feel weak, and I often do, when I'm called on to to speak or to travel or to do something, I oftentimes feel weak. And I find that if I respond with gratitude Mm -hmm. to the God who made me and told me Mm -hmm. that He was going to perform Mm -hmm. this for me, (laughs) and rejoicing that when I am weak, He is strong, that I can go through it. And any other thing, any of those Mm -hmm. other issues, as far as I'm concerned, Andrew Murray talks about it in a book that he wrote called Humility. And his, his concept is that anytime we're preoccupied with ourself, it is pride. Yeah. And so we turn outwards, we love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and our neighbor, mm-hmm. not just as ourselves, but as Jesus loved us.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's finish up with this thought of Paul has this thorn. We don't know what the thorn was, but it seemed to be something that was affecting his body. And uh, he goes to God three times. Could you get rid of this weakness? Could you get rid of this infirmity? And God's response is sort of shocking. God says, my grace is sufficient. In other words, when you have that, you have access to grace. That weakness, that baldness, that shortness, that deformity actually gives you access to something, Paul. Mm -hmm. So Paul makes a choice in the midst of that. So I take pleasure. Is what right. he says. <laughs> I take pleasure in my infirmities. I take pleasure basically in my weakness. I rejoice in them. That's an incredible perspective, which is what you're saying. I take pleasure. I am grateful. I am thankful for this because when I am weak, then Christ's strength is revealed. Right. And I think for all of us just to remember that as we close today, that wherever we have weakness right now, let's make a choice. Let's make a choice to take pleasure in it because God delights to take that very point of weakness and showcase his grand strength through it. Amen. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellersley.com. Note that our live weekday in person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at Ellersley.com. Thanks for listening.